You humans claim to be enlightened. If you want to put a letter of reprimand in my file for that, then go ahead. This is a test of some kind, isn't it? He wasn't responding to diplomacy. I don't like mysteries. Ah, yes. One of your Earth emotions. This is as real as your so-called... We're going to be damned. Let's be damned for what we really are. Requested function will require two hours to complete. You are really enjoying this, aren't you? Shut up, Wesley! Welcome to Geek Fights! My name is Damon Shaw. With me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, who's joining us tonight? Uh, well, tonight we've got Chris Wood. Hello there. Jared Formby. Yes, sir. And Michael Felsher. Most logical. So what are we fighting about this time, Damon? Well, the same thing we were fighting about last time. This is part two, the Omega Bracket of uh, Best of Star Trek. Because, like I said on the other episode, we... We really couldn't narrow it down to one episode. As a matter of fact, two episodes really doesn't do it justice. But uh, how do our fights here work, Mike? Well, as always, we have an NCAA tournament-style bracket. Two episodes uh, against one another, and we put it to a vote. Majority wins. The panel can decide the battle any way they see fit. Uh, Which episode moved you more? Which has better writing? uh, Which one has a character that you hate dying? uh, Anything you want, just use your geek logic. Uh, what's Geek Logic, Mike? Uh, geek Logic can best be explained by the pre-recorded message in the first part of this episode, which you should have already listened to, and that's Geek Logic. R- really, yeah. really, you're not going to play another one, all right? <laughs> that's pretty funny. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, uh, Curveball. A very big one. Uh, this, as the brackets were before, the we're separating them into the well four out of the five shows. Uh, the first one will be Enterprise Voyager, second one will be Deep Space Nine, third will be Next Generation, and fourth will be Original Series. Uh, so it's separated until the end where they face off against each other. And we're going to jump right in. Chris, we're going to start with you. We've got United from Season 4 of Enterprise. Uh, that's where the Romulans make a drone ship uh, driven by the Anar to try and destabilize the region. It's a ship that can, it doesn't have cloak, but can look like any other ship. Versus Shuttlepod 1 from Season 1 of Enterprise. Uh, Trip and Reed get stuck in a shuttlecraft, and they wait to die. They actually become good friends there. Chris, which ones do you have? Uh, I definitely like Shuttlepod 1. Um, not that I don't like United, uh, but Shuttlepod 1, to me, there's a chemistry between uh, Reed and Trip, or Malcolm and Trip. Um, I guess both work, whatever, dude. But... Um, <laughs> Anyway, no, definitely Shuttlepod 1. You know, for me, one of the biggest selling points of Star Trek is the uh, the, the characters. And especially if the characters start to become more, uh, or the depth of the characters, I should say. Um, so if you start seeing more into the personality of the character, it's much more interesting to me. So I'll definitely go with Shuttlepod 1. All right, a vote for Shuttlepod 1. Jared. Uh, United is, is an awesome example of Star Trek. It, it truly is because, you know, you, you got Archer like um, sort of uniting two faring factions of species and they're all going to, you know, work together by the end of it. But sadly, we don't actually see that happen at the end of United. We don't see the, the fruits of his labors. We, we get the drama, we get the fun, and God, you know, 
fighting with weapons, like those Andorian ones, calls back a mock time and the awesomeness of just bizarre Star Trek fights. But it's got to be Shuttle Pod 1, because Shuttle Pod 1 is more uniquely Enterprise to me. It's just it's oh. just how, how space could be scary, how you could be alone out there, and how you might have to get drunk. <laughs> All and right. so Shuttle Pod 1. <laughs> A vote for Shuttle Pod 1. Mike? Uh, I am going to go with United. Um Pretty much just because uh, the Andorians are on there, and Paul loves Andorians. Paul isn't even on this episode, but all right. Um, I'm going to go with Shuttlepod 1 as well, even though, like like you guys have said, United is kind of awesome. And it's three fractions. It's the Andorians, the Tellarites, and the Vulcans that are all fighting. And they're trying to bring in the humans as well, fighting them too. But I'm still going with Shuttlepod 1. Michael? Um... You know, United is a very complex uh, episode, and anytime you know Jeffrey Combs shows up as Commander Shran, that's always a, a big positive. Uh, but what I like the most about Shadow Pod One, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the only representative from season one of Enterprise that's on this list. Uh, Enterprise got Im- immensely better as it went along. Unfortunately, no one was watching. Uh, but Shuttle Pod 1, is, it, take any couple of characters from Star Trek and put them in a pressure cooker type of situation. And this has happened through all of the incarnations of Star Trek. If that works, that means you've got good characters and you've got good writers. And Shuttle Pod 1 was one of the first season episodes that I remember just from the title. So that means it must have made an impression. So I'm going to go with Shuttle Pod 1. Uh, vote for Shuttle Pod 1 and Shuttle Pod 1 is moving on. Next fight is in a mirror, comma... Darkly, from season four, the only episode of Star Trek set completely in the Mirror Universe. They don't flip over. It's just a Mirror Universe episode versus Ceasefire uh, from season two of Enterprise. Archer helps negotiate a ceasefire between the Andorians and the Vulcans. It's actually kind of the start of the Federation. And, uh, Jared, that one's yours. Um, you know, I love I loved to be the ceasefire. I had never seen it before today. I watched it. I streamed it. And, uh... And that was a really sweet little episode. I like the Vulcan arrogance. I like the Vulcan deal against the Andorians and all that nonsense. And I know in Amir Darkly is a darling here. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and throw my vote for Ceasefire because it was way more Star Trek than Amir Darkly was. All right. A vote for Ceasefire. Mike? Uh, I'm going to go with In a Mirror, comma, Darkly. Um you know, with with the title and with the the premise, we all knew it was going to be a mirror universe episode. But uh, I wasn't expecting a callback to what was it, the Tholian Web? I think. Yep. Um, so yeah, that kind of threw me for a loop. So it's not so much of of that season of Enterprise was uh, like like you've described a love letter to the fans, and uh, this one wasn't just one love letter; it was two. All right, a vote for in the mirror comma, Darkly. And uh, I'm going to vote for In a Mirror Darkly because all of the chicks, including Hoshi Sato, were ridiculously hot. Hoshi was ridiculously hot in this episode. She's actually hotter than T'Pol, and it took a while for her to do that. So I'm going to go with In a Mirror Darkly. Michael? Um, boy, Ceasefire is the one I'm going to choose, and the reason is... Uh, I liked In a Mirror Darkly a lot. I especially love the fact that it ends with, 
or it begins with Zephram Cochran essentially instead of greeting the Vulcans, beating the shit out of them and sealing all their technology. And then basically that's where the whole dark, you know, the mirror universe kind of takes shape from that point on. And I thought it was very clever. My problem with it was is I don't think it needed to be a two-parter. I, I, I felt that there was a lot of uh, padding in the episode. And in the end, it didn't really amount to as much as I wanted it to. I, I thought some of the other Mirror Universe episodes from some of the other Star Treks were stronger. Um, this one was not as much. But I, I, Ceasefire is an extremely strong episode that either way is very much related to United. Uh, but I think it was a stronger episode, so I'm going with Ceasefire. All right. It's all tied up and coming to you, Chris. Which one do you have? Well, you know, they're both uh, fantastic episodes. In the Mirror Darkly, I mean, Scott Bakula totally totally rocks the the Green Command tunic. And in my book, that makes a good episode. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm actually going to go with Ceasefire. I really, really, really like the episodes with Shran, even though I didn't vote for United. Um, before this, uh, and Shran Jeffrey Combs can be heard on the Life After Trek podcast on Subspace Communicate. Um, <laughs> uh-huh, anyway. there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, seriously though, Ceasefire is is uh, is is a fantastically strong Star Trek episode. So I'm going to go with Ceasefire. All right, Ceasefire, moving on, and we're into our next little bit of bracket. It's Voyager stuff right now, and it is. Workforce from Season 7. Uh, most of Voyager crew is kidnapped and brainwashed to work on an industrial planet. I believe uh, Kim and Chakotay come and save their asses. Versus Jatrell, which is from Season 1. Uh, the scientist who built the weapon that killed a ton of Neelix's people comes to Voyager claiming that Neelix is sick and he needs his help. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. You know, uh, honestly, I really do think Jatrell uh, was a very... Uh, powerful episode, but uh, I don't like Neelix, so I'm voting for Workforce. A vote for Workforce. (laughs) I can't stand Neelix either. I really can't. But seeing his people die kind of makes me happy, so I'm going to go with Jatrell. Michael? You know, I almost don't want your vote. (laughs) Because Jatrell was one of the choices I picked for this this whole thing, and uh, Jitrell, honestly, it, it just was one of the first episodes. It was it was the first season episode, and it was one of the first ones of Voyager that really impressed me from a character standpoint. Because Neelix, by that point, had been kind of annoying, but you really felt his pain and the agony over the loss of his people, and the whole parallel with the scientists. Essentially, it's Oppenheimer, you know, creating the the bomb that destroys not you know Nagasaki. It's there's a parallel to the World War II and. I found I found it very, very affecting, and it's the type of sort of political allegory that Star Trek does extremely well. And uh, it's a very emotionally effective episode, so I'm going to vote for Jatrell. Jatrell. Chris? You know, all of that is true, yet I have not seen that episode. So I'm actually going to go with Workforce. Um, and not that, you know, not that the other episode isn't good. Like I said, I haven't seen it. But Workforce, to me, is is one of those Voyager episodes that, that I can just throw on, uh, and there's no backstory to it. You just you start off with uh, the crew in a weird, strange situation. You don't know what's going on, uh, and the story just kind of leads from there. And it's a, it's an excellent story. One of the best CGI shots on Voyager Two uh, when you see them climb onto that elevator. It's a live action shot that blends to CGI, which is pretty dope. But um, just just story wise, I totally dig Workforce. 
All right, workforce getting a vote. It's all tied up and coming down to you, Jared. Um, you know, uh, I got I, I can't vote for Detrell because I know Duet won the last episode. Duet was like the the favorite last episode, so we can't have Duet again. You know, we can't have like the uh, situation where like the villain is like all sympathetic suddenly and like uh, does some kind of weird choice or whatever. So uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go with Workforce. Because it's awesome. All right, a vote for workforce. Uh, I'm going to tell you though, uh, for those of you that are listening, these fo- the folks that are doing the panel right now don't know who won the other side. Duet did not move on. Workforce is though, and we're on to our next fight. It is Death Wish from season two. Q comes to Voyager and wants the right to die, and Q wants to stop him. Versus Prime Factors, uh, another season one Voyager episode. The Voyager crew runs into some folks who have much better tech than they do, and they won't share it because of their own Prime Directive. It's kind of badass. And uh, as much as I like Death Wish, um, I really dislike Q on Voyager. This is the only good Q episode, but they overuse Q in Voyager. And the idea of a, of a an alien race having the same prime directive and actually having better tech than Federation folks and not sharing it for the exact same reason. I, I, I like that a lot. So I'm going to go with that. Michael. Uh, yeah. A lot of the same reasons you just said, I mean, death wish is a uh, very good. Um, the problem is whenever I think of Q and Voyager, I can think of that stupid challenge. All he had, all she had to do was sleep with Q and they could have gotten home. And that's the only thing I ever think of. And I think I keep thinking, all you had to do was just get laid and you could have gotten your whole fucking crew home. I mean, that's the only thing I think of. And even though Death Wish is a very interesting episode with a very interesting conundrum at its heart, but when I think of Q, I think of that. So it, it kind of ruins it. Prime Factors, I just love it that there's an even more arrogant race out there than us and they <laughs> fuck us over. So you got, you got to love, love the irony of that. So I got to go with Prime Factors. I'll vote for Prime Factors. Chris? I'm going to go with Death Wish because Charles Bronson is awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jerry, you haven't been briefed on how this works. <laughs> Dude, Charles Bronson is awesome. I'm not saying he's not awesome. You know, <laughs> it's fine. His vote counts. Death Wish gets a vote, Jared. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally voting for um, Prime Factors. I have to because that was like the only, thought, only time in Star Trek we've been on the other side of the fence, as Janeway put it. It was badass. All right, a vote for Prime Factors and Mike. Uh, you know, I am going to vote for Death Wish. Uh, I hadn't thought about the Charles Bronson point. Uh, that that actually adds a lot. But Death Wish had Riker. All right. Why does it add anything? Charles Bronson wasn't in the fucking episode. <laughs> but he's awesome, dude. He is awesome. You can't deny that. And he um, was in a movie called Death Wish. And, you know, yeah, I, I know that. Jeff. Thank you. He I kills just, a lot of people in that movie, too. Dude, you've got a lot of, like, 19-year-olds that listen to this show. They need to know. <laughs> and, you know, I really liked, uh, I, I thought the, the metaphor of uh, how they showed the Q continuum was a very, very clever way to show something which is essentially unshowable. But uh, it doesn't matter because it lost. Yes, it did. And we're moving on into the Deep Space Nine brackets. Uh First fight is The Visitors, Season 4. Cisco dies, uh, dies, and Jake spends a lifetime trying to get him back. Uh, versus His Way, from Season 6, Odo and Kira finally get together. 
And uh, Michael, this one is yours. Um, these are good episodes. Very strong, very interesting character. Again, character-driven stuff. And Deep Space Nine, for me, had such a rough beginning. The fact that they actually ended up being this positive. But I remember uh, The Visitor so well. It was The Visitor is the one that we're talking about that is the, the Cisco episode, Cisco Dies. Yeah, Cisco Does yeah. Die. Yeah, and doesn't Tony Todd play Jake? Yes, he does. Yeah. That episode really blew my mind. I mean, it was so well done. It was so affecting. And it just, uh, again, they've gone to Tony Todd several times. He's almost like Jeffrey Combs. He's like the black Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> they got to they gotta get him in there, you know, to, to, to uh, you know, give that performance that they know that he can deliver. And he's done such a wonderful job. So I got to give with The Visitor. Uh, vote for The Visitor, Chris. Definitely The Visitor. Not that uh, His Way isn't another one of my favorite episodes. Uh, it's the matchmaking episode with uh, Vic Fontaine. Um, but The Visitor, to me, honestly, is one of the best episodes of television ever. Um, it's a fantastic story told through the medium of sci-fi. Um, Tony Todd just totally knocks it out of the park. Uh, there's no Charles Bronson, but still... It's, uh, it's definitely one of my absolute favorite episodes of, of anything. So definitely, um, I'm going to definitely go with that. All right, a vote for the visitor, Jared. Um, the, the Kira Oda romance thing has always kind of smacked me the wrong way. I mean, I get it, and I like it, and it's cool or whatever, but it's never been a DS9 priority for me. And I feel like uh, the episode Children of Time, where Odo finally, like, admits true love for Kira, was a lot cooler than the episode when she actually got with Odo, which is his way. And the Visitor rocks for days, so I'm voting Visitor. A vote for the Visitor. Mike? Uh, I am going to also vote for the Visitor, because Richard Jenkins is awesome. All right. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go. What? Oh, fuck! <laughs> Nobody even questioned that one. Nope. <laughs> I'm just gonna. It sounds move logical on. to me. <laughs> oh, shut up! Give us a first clean sweep, Damon. Oh, uh, you're damn right. It's a clean sweep. Jake Cisco, as an old man, commits suicide to save Benjamin Cisco's life. Come on, that's awesome. It's got to be the visitor. On to our next fight. It is. Uh, in Purgatory Shadow by Fire's Light from Season 5, we find out Bashir is a changeling and that Worf and Martok are awesome. Versus It's Only a Paper Moon, which is a Season 7 episode of Deep Space Nog, uh, 9. Uh, Nog deals with the loss of his leg on the holodeck with Vic Fontaine. And uh, Chris, that's yours. You know, this is another tough one for me. I'm going to go with It's Only a Paper Moon. It's one of those episodes that uh, that I can watch if I'm feeling kind of down or if, if you know I'm just feeling kind of crappy. Uh, it's definitely like an uplifting episode. It actually shows a pretty good gambit of going from being utterly depressed uh, to having hope restored. And you know James Darren's in it, and he's always awesome. You actually get to see a lot more of Vic Fontaine's life, um, and that's when he comes on uh, 26 hours a day from then on on Deep Space Nine. So definitely, it's only a paper moon. All right, a vote for Paper Moon. Jared? So I can basically vote for two episodes, or I can vote for one Deep Space Nine episode. So I'm going to go ahead and do the uh, In Purgatory Shadow combo and vote for two Deep Space Nine episodes. Well, it's a two-parter, so I, it's, it's two episodes. All right. Uh, Mike? 
Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, In Purgatory Shadow. That moment when Bashir walked out and he's wearing the old-style uniform and you just stop and go, how long has a changeling been on that station? That was the moment when I really realized what a bad idea it is to go to war with changelings. All right, a vote for Purgatory Shadow. And, um... Oh, I love I love Impurgatory Shadow. I love um, Garrick dealing with his claustrophobia, trying to save them all, and dealing with his father. Yet, yet again, his father in the episode uh, in Abrintain. So I've got to go with Impurgatory Shadow by Inferno's Light, Michael. Um, boy, I would have you know I, I would have been. It's only a Paper Moon is such a great Nog episode, and it showed how far that character had come. Did from you just say such- great Nog episode? Yes, he did. <laughs> Just checking. I said a great. No- it is Nog, right? Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. It is and it is a great episode. So. Yeah, it is a great episode because the character started off as an annoying little shit, and he ended up becoming one of the more interesting. You know, the Ferengi evolved so wonderfully over the course of Deep Space Nine, and he was so indicative of that. However, in Purgatory Shadow has maybe my favorite exchange in all of Star Trek. At the first sign of. I will kill him, but I promise to return the body intact. You're joking, right? We will see. <laughs> and I, I can't, any, and then again, and every every actor, every actor, and every character in that episode gets like five great moments, and over that course of that two parter. So I know it's already won, but I just had to sing the, the praises. So yeah, purgatory. And Martok, Martok loses an eye, so that's he pretty does. Bad. Yeah. yeah, yes, he does, uh, but. We are moving on, and Purgatory Shadow by Inferno's Light moves on to the next round. Uh, next fight, far beyond the stars from Season 6 of Deep Space Nine, Cisco gets a vision from the prophets. He sees himself as a, as a 1950s black science fiction writer versus Hard Time from Season 4. O'Brien spends 20 years in jail in his head, and Jared, that one is yours. Okay, so uh, we've got uh, basically Miles O'Brien is doing the inner light albeit in a negative way. So it's a bit of a rehash. I mean, I like Miles. Of course, he's one of my favorite characters. But actually, when you think about it, Deep Space Nine, it's like all the characters are brilliant versus the awesomeness of Far Beyond the Stars. So I'm going with Far Beyond the Stars because that did so much for Star Trek optimism and philosophy. And it goes outside of the gimmick of seeing everybody outside their makeup. And the struggle. All right. Are, are we here? Yeah, you're here. Okay, good. Uh, that moment when uh, Cisco has the inspiration for Deep Space Nine and he's give what it looks like, that was ridiculously awesome. So, yeah, I'm going with that. Far Beyond the Stars, Mike. Uh, I'm also going to go with Far Beyond the Stars. Uh, you know, you, you said that seeing them outside of their makeup was a gimmick. But uh, it's a gimmick that I really liked a lot, uh, among many other reasons. Uh, a, a science fiction show about science fiction uh, I thought was pretty clever as well. Um, Hard Time was a great episode, and uh, certainly watching it made you, made you really feel for O'Brien. But in the end, i got to go with the episode that's a little bit more clever. All right, a vote for Far Beyond the Stars. I've got to vote for Miles. I've got to vote for O'Brien getting just royally fucked in the ass. He killed a guy. 
he ends up killing a guy in the 20 years that he spends in his head. And then when he gets out of that after, you know, three or four hours, he has to deal with the psychological ramifications of, of being in jail for 20 years. Unlike, you know, the inner light where it's just, oh, you have to deal with living a lifetime, having children and dying. That, that, that's cool and all. He lived a lifetime in jail thinking about his daughter and his wife and his family that he can't get to. So I, I, I've got to go with Hard Time. Uh, Michael. I am also going to go with Hard Time. Um, there are some connections, obviously, to the inner light, which is one of my all-time favorite episodes of any Star Trek. But, yeah, this one is really the, 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 the dark side of the moon of that concept. I mean, this is really a horrible thing to do. And, and Miles, I mean, and I think Colomini does a wonderful job in really just showing the agony that he had to go through and conveying something in an hour that you really can't convey 20 years or an hour, but he does a magnificent job far beyond the stars. And I know I'm going to be in the minority on this. I thought the whole premise was interesting, but it was very heavy handed. Very, it's like, you know, really selling the whole, the racism of the time that they're supposed to be in and all that. I mean, it was very much like beating you over the head with it. And it's not an episode. black captain. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know. No, no, I understand that. But at the same time, at that episode, I've only seen it a couple times and each time out, it's just like, yeah, I get it. Okay. All right. But it's very well done, but it just doesn't play very well with me anymore. So I'm going to go with hard time. All right. A vote for hard time. It's all tied up and going to you, Chris. It's got to be far beyond the stars. Um, that's one of another powerful, I shouldn't say one of, because there's so many powerful episodes of Deep Space Nine. It's amazing to me how many gr- just absolutely fantastic episodes of DS9 there actually are compared to the other series. Not that TNG didn't have its fair share, but the emotional impact of far beyond the stars uh, is, is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, not that there wasn't one with hard time, but... I definitely have to go with Far Beyond the Stars. Also, Hard Time starred uh, Craig Wasson, uh, who was in Body Double, and that movie sucks terribly. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Far Beyond the Stars, moving on. There uh, are not words to describe how, how much I don't like you right now. <laughs> you, you don't, like you don't have to like me. You just have to love me. I bet Charles Bronson could describe it. Oh my! He's God. dead. Fuck him. <laughs> on to our next fight. It's uh, for the uniform from season five of uh, Deep Space Nine. Cisco blows shit up in search of the Maquis leader, Michael Eddington, versus Paradise, a season two episode where Cisco and O'Brien are trapped on a world with no tech and uh, uh, other humans. And there's the box. I love the box. Uh, Mike, this one is yours. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with for the uniform. When when Cisco launches the the missile or whatever it is at the planet, and you know all the shit goes down, and I'm Trilithium. watching it. What? It's Trilithium. Trilithium. I was I was watching it, going, okay, well, you know, they're gonna reveal that that's all a, just a hoax, or he's got a way to stop it or clean it up or something, because a Starfleet captain wouldn't do that. There's no way a Starfleet captain would do that. A Starfleet captain did that. <laughs> so, uh, you know. I think back to the first or the only appearance of Q on Deep Space Nine when uh, he says Picard would never hit me and Cisco replies, I am not Picard. You know, he may have said it then, but he proved it in For the Uniform. All right, a vote for For the Uniform. And uh, 
as much as I like that box and the fact that Cisco kept getting into it in uh, Paradise, you just I love, like saying Cisco getting into the box. Yes, I do. But I, I love for the uniform. I love it. Uh, when 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 Cisco goes, if he if he's going to paint us as the bad guy, well, fuck it, we're going to be the bad guys. And I, I I just love that moment where he's like, we're we're doing it. And everybody else is like, are we really doing it? He's like, yes, we are doing it. Fuck you. Let's go. For the uniform gets a vote for me, Michael. I'm going with Paradise. Uh, I like the box a lot, and for the uniform, never gave a shit about Eddington. I always thought those episodes were kind of weak, so I'm going with Paradise. All right, a vote for Paradise. Chris? I'm going to go with For the Uniform, just because Cisco is super hardcore. I mean, yeah, dude, he totally rocks a planet and doesn't even think twice about it. So, You know, though, um, Paradise is a very strong episode, especially being a second season uh, episode. Um, I actually just recently rewatched that a uh, couple weeks back and was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, it wasn't one of those that you just kind of drone through. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with For the Uniform. A vote for For the Uniform and Jared. Holy crap. This is tough. And I know that right now it's For the Uniform for days. But I will say that these two episodes, these are penultimate episodes for Benjamin Sisko. I mean, this is Cisco being the most badass, right? I mean, we're agreed that he goes into the box and is badass. Yeah. So do you want Cisco going into the box as a Starfleet officer? Or do you want him going into the box as just wildly crazy cool fucking, uh, that episode I'm sure that one last time, the, uh, uh, in the pale moonlight episode, right? Yeah. So which Cisco do you want? This is Cisco in Paradise as a Starfleet fucking officer, fucking getting shit done and being pretty much alone because O'Brien is ready to like fucking like leave him. But his devotion to the Federation ideal and the beauty of what he went through in that episode, that's Star Trek. That's not some weird anti-Star Trek. Paradise is Star Trek, and it gets my vote. And I hope to God one of you changes their votes. Uh, I can't. I can't change my vote. I love For the Uniform just a little too much, but you are absolutely right. Uh, And For the Uniform is moving on, and we are into the TNG bracket now. Uh, Our first fight is All Good Things. It's from Season 7 of uh, TNG. It's the end of the road. It's the last episode of TNG. If you haven't seen it, which I think almost everybody listening by now has probably seen it, uh, versus Clues, which is a season four episode where the uh, crew wake up after a strange blackout. Data's acting hella weird, and it prompts everybody to wonder if he's gone rogue. And um, as much as I like all good things... Uh, while working at Star Trek The Experience in the retail department, uh, that was the only tape we had for a little while. Our DVD player went down, and we only had all good things. And I've seen that episode probably 70 to 80, maybe 90 times, and I'm absolutely tired of it. Clues, I still enjoy. I enjoy the mystery of the episode, because I think there's no way that Data would betray them, but every, every sign is pointing to the fact that Data has betrayed them. So I'm going with Clues. Michael? Uh, All Good Things is probably the best finale of any TV show that I can think of. 
Uh, it did such an amazing job of, of not wrapping things up, but putting things in a way it was over, but not over. And it, it, it tied back in wonderfully to Encounter at Farpoint. I mean, it was, you know, it was a miracle in a way, because it really shouldn't have been as good as it was. However, I'm also tired of it. Uh, it's, it's an episode, I've seen it so many times, and it's gotten all the acclaim. Clues, I remember when I first saw that episode, halfway through, I didn't know where it was going to end, how it was going to end. It was such a great mystery story. And it, was, it gave all the characters wonderful little moments where they're like, what the hell is going on? And by the time it was all over, it was like, oh, man, I, didn't, I love any episode of any Star Trek show where I don't know what's, how it's going to end. Because so many of them, you know, okay, it's going to end like this. I didn't know how Clues was going to end. And it's one of those episodes that I enjoy revisiting so much that I'm going to go with Clues. I'll vote for Clues. Chris? You know, um, I like both of these episodes. I'm going to go with all good things um, just because you get to see, you know, Picard in, in first season, seventh season, and then beyond um, in the, the, the timeline of TNG. I do like Clues. My wife likes that episode more than I do. Uh, that's actually one of her favorites. So if she were on here, she'd definitely be voting for Clues. But I think All, all Good Things is super strong. Like, like uh, Michael said, it's definitely one of the best finales of any series on television. Um, you didn't walk away from it going, wow, that really sucked. You know, and there's so many shows that you do walk away saying it sucked. Um, and the editing, the editing is actually pretty remarkable uh, in All Good Things. So I'm going to go with that. All Good Things. Jared? Um, All Good Things, like, picks up with the most wrong scene ever, which is Worf. Indiana, walking hand in hand, which is one of the most fucked up things TNG ever put on us. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to say Denise Crosby being on that episode was awesome because we love Tasha Yar all day. Um, we're going to go with Clues because Clues was super sick. In that moment between Picard and Data, where Data finally admits that, yeah, you ordered me to behave this way, that was awesome. <laughs> and one of the best moments of TNG I can even think of. So I'm going to go with uh, Clues. A vote for Clues and Mike. Uh, you people are all out of your fucking mind. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see hmm, really cool episode of Star Trek on the header of this bracket. Uh, I don't see... Well, I haven't watched it as much at the head of this bracket... I see best Star Trek episode at the head of this bracket. Uh, yeah, it's all good things. But unfortunately, Mike, Clues it's- is moving on. And we're on to our next fight. That's a relief. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sorry, all good things. What? I can't even get into it. I had so many arguments made for, like, if it went forward. I mean, I'm sorry. I can't. I, I, dude, no. <laughs> all right. We've got the inner light uh, from season five, where Picard lives a whole lifetime in minutes in his head, versus Preemptive Strike. Uh, that's the season seven episode where Lieutenant Rowe defects to the Marquis. And uh, Michael, this one is yours. Um, inner Light is probably my favorite episode of Next Gen. Uh, again, this is another episode where I didn't see how this was going to possibly end and it's a tour de force for Patrick Stewart 
And it really gives that. And it's again, this is an episode that only works for the Picard character. You couldn't just randomly throw in Kirk. You couldn't throw in Cisco. It works in because it plays on his inability to have had a family throughout his life. And it, this is almost like a gift to him. And uh, the fact that it only takes place in a matter of a few minutes, but it's an entire lifetime. I know it's alluded to in a couple other episodes since then. And um, maybe it's a little overrated for some people, but I, I think it's the most emotionally effective episode of the uh, really of the entire show. And it was the one that crystallized my love for next gen preemptive strike. I'll give you two reasons why I don't like it. Ensign row. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I Look, she was good in a lot of episodes when she was a supporting character, but this is the last episode she was in where she basically says, fuck you to everybody. Um, and I just like, you know what? Well, I didn't like you that much anyway, so go to hell. Uh, to me, this is no contest. Inner Light. A vote for Inner Light. Chris? Yeah, it really is no contest, even though um, Preemptive Strike is, is a good episode. The Inner Light is, is super strong. It's uh, much like uh, Far Beyond the Stars, um, you know, it's one of those episodes that you, when you get to it in your queue, if you have a queue of watching Star Trek and you're like, do I really want to go through this right now? You know what I mean? It's just, it's very emotional. It's a great, um, there's lots of pathos. It's a really great episode. So I'm definitely going to go with the Inner Light. Inner Light gets another vote. Jared? Um, Princess Strike is awesome because of that belief Picard is rocking the whole episode that I mean, he's really trusting Ensign Rowe to not go the other way the whole time. It also gave us the word Hasperat, which is an awesome Bajoran cuisine, apparently. But I've got to go with Inner Light, because this shit was sick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Mike? Uh, you know, as much as I hate to uh, completely agree with Michael, uh, yeah, Ensign <laughs> Rowe. I have to vote against Ensign Rowe. Uh, so you're going to go with Inner Light. And Mike, I really appreciate it because I know that really pains you to agree with me after the all good things. So. Oh, yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of how I can edit you out of this episode entirely. <laughs> it was a three to two vote. There's two other people you could be equally pissed at here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's more fun to be pissed at you. <laughs> Much easier. Uh-huh. Touche. Yeah. Um, I am going to vote for uh, – I'm going to go for uh, Preemptive Strike because the Inner Light is moving on anyway. Preemptive Strike does deserve a vote, and I don't think Inner Light deserves to cl- get a clean sweep. That's just me personally. Uh, but Inner Light is moving on, and we're on to our next fight. It is Tapestry from Season 6. Picard dies, and Q offers him a chance to change parts of his past to change the outcome of his future versus uh, Time Zero, uh, the season finale of Season 5, and the uh, season uh, premiere of Season 6. Um, I hate this episode. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about. I, I really can't stand Time Zero. Um, Chris, this one is yours. Tapestry, 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 man. That that episode, yeah, it's 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 really good. It's a fantastic Q episode. One of the best Q episodes um, of all of Star Trekdom, I think. Uh, you get to see Picard, you know, make choices in his life that that he made differently before, but because of certain circumstances, he's gonna you know decide to do things differently. Um, and you get to see the consequences of that. You know, at the end, Picard is wearing a. a 
a medical officer's uniform or science uniform, I should say. Uh, and he's completely uh, emasculated, which was pretty cool because Patrick Stewart completely pulled that off. Um, so, yeah, definitely tapestry all the way. A vote for tapestry. Jared. Um, okay, so it's between tapestry and Time Zero? Yep. And when did this turn into, like, the worst of Star Trek? Oh. I'm kidding. I hate Time Zero. I hate the snake. I hate Guinan running around going... I hate the Mark Twain stuff. I hate all of it. All of it. I hate the fact that Data, like, leaves the episode with, like, a fucking 300-year-old head on his shoulders. I hate that stuff. Tapestry. For days. All right. A vote for Tapestry. Mike? Uh, You know, I would attempt to try and sway other people to vote for Time's Arrow, uh just because you hate it so much, Damon, but I know it's not going to work because Tapestry is uh, so clearly the better episode. So what are you going to vote? Tapestry. All right, I vote for Tapestry. Um, yes, I, I do hate Time Zero. I, 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 if Time Zero was the first episode of Star Trek I ever saw, I'd never watch Star Trek again. That's Thank how, you. That's Thank how much you. I hate Time Zero. And I'm going to vote for Tapestry because it is quite badass. Michael? Tapestry is sort of an unofficial sequel to, I think it was Samaritan Snare, which was the episode where he had to get his heart fixed. Picard had to get his heart fixed. And he tells the story of what happened to his heart to Wesley. It was such a great story. And then to see it relived in this episode, and he gets to change things, and he makes things worse, even though his decisions as an adult make more sense, it's that indiscretion of youth thing that plays into it. And he's actually kind of grateful that Q gave him this opportunity to do this. It's, it's a wonderful episode. What the flying fuck is Time's Arrow doing on this list? Thank this you. Was, this was the worst two-parter in all of Star Trek. It's that not even people a, off of Star Trek when they see that. Yeah, this is not even a, uh, a good time travel episode. There were a hundred of them, and this is the worst one of the bunch. Uh, Data's head's in a cave, and then all of a sudden Mark fucking Twain shows up, and you're like, I, I, why? And, and Whoopi Goldberg just kind of runs around giving sage advice about absolutely fucking squat. Uh, I, I don't know why this is on here, and to put it up against Tapestry is absolutely... It's like putting Freddy Got Fingered up against Lawrence of Arabia. So, uh, <laughs> this, this <laughs> tapestry. It's total fucking tapestry. What about Tap- Freddy Got Fingered versus Time's Arrow? Ooh. Oh, Freddy Got Fingered. Freddy Got I Fingered, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can actually watch that movie. <laughs> We're moving on to our next fight. It is the best of both worlds, which is the season finale of season three and the season premiere of season four. That's where the Borg finally attack. We met them earlier, but this is the Borg attack, the attack of Wolf 359. Uh, Really awesome stuff happens. Versus the Lower Decks, which is season seven. Uh, We see the crew through the eyes of the junior staff members. And Jared, this one is yours. This is actually a really cool fight because, I mean, the best of both worlds is our arguably one of Star Trek Next Generation's finest hours, and maybe even one of the finest hours of Star Trek in general when you think of what it did for the franchise and, like, making sure that we had another, I don't know, 14-odd years of Star Trek because people got addicted versus a very touching story wherein uh, a Bajoran dies, a Bajoran no-name. I mean, we know her by the end of the episode, but... We didn't know her really well until this episode. 
and then she bites it. And that's actually, I think, in Star Trek, the second best death they ever gave us. I mean, they've killed off Jadzia, they've killed off Tasha Yar, they've killed off a few people since Spock, but none of them were as awful or as empty or as sad as the death of, I'm sorry, I'm calling her Seska, which is Voyager character, but is it Cito, Incensito, when Incensito dies? That is some fucking sad shit. It's fucking rad. I love it. I'm going to go ahead and go with Lower Decks. Lower Decks, because the Incensito death, best thing since Spock. Vote for Lower Decks. Mike. Uh, this is probably the toughest fight for me on this entire list. Uh, everything that Jared said about Lower Decks is spot on, and, and even more so, bringing Cito back. Um, I just I just thought that was, was brilliant. I mean, I, I didn't even recognize her at first. Um, it took a while for me to, to realize that she was from, um, was it First Duty? Was that the, the name of that episode? Yes. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. And that was just such an, a great and subtle callback. But uh, like you also said, if if it was not for Best of Both Worlds, we would not have most of what's on this list. Um, if there's an opposite of jumping the shark, this is it for Star Trek. Um, that really... Let's face it, Next Generation started off pretty weak, kind of started getting a little bit weaker. Uh, in the third season, it it started improving, but when it hit this, all of a sudden, all bets were off. And, uh, you know, I just don't think anything touches it. Best of both worlds. A vote for best of both worlds. And as much as I love saying, defend yourself, because that is all Worf says in Lower Decks <laughs> in Cicido, is defend yourself. And he keeps punching her down. He, Defend yourself! He keeps saying that. I, I, I do have to go with Best of Both Worlds. Just for, it, it gives us the season finale cliffhanger. Like, every show does it now. And I know they did it before, but this is the best one. Riker going, fire. That, that shit is awesome, so I've got to go with Best of Both Worlds. Michael. Uh, I have to go with I agree with Mike. This is the toughest one because you're talking about two completely different type uh, types of episodes here. Best of Both Worlds was a large scale, huge deal with the Borg and with the you know just I mean it's, it's a cataclysmic tale. It's you know everything's at stake. Lower decks, you know, Best of Both Worlds was the first cliffhanger in Star Trek history. Before that, there had never been a cliffhanger because they never knew they were coming back for another season, and. <laughs> With that, I mean, I'll remember that moment for the rest of my life when Riker says "fire," and I turn to my dad and go, "Holy shit! Uh, How are they going to get the hell out of this?" Lower decks, though, is the type of episode of Star Trek I love the most. It goes into another part of the ship, and it still tells the story of these people in outer space from the people you never get to see, and you see the impact that even the people on the lower decks have on the main crew. It was such an amazing episode that could have only happened on this show. Uh, none of the other Star Trek incarnations I, I could, have, could have given us quite that particular uh, episode. And with Best of Both Worlds, as much as I... This is not a, anything against Best of Both Worlds. I have nothing really bad to say about it, except maybe that the second half isn't as powerful as the first half. The cliffhanger is great. I didn't think the second 
episode was as strong as the first one. Lower Decks is is one of my personal favorites, so I'm, I'm going to go with Lower Decks, but it's not a slight against Best of Both Worlds. All right, it's all tied up. It coming down to you, Chris. You know, that's a lot of pressure um, because both of these episodes, and it's good to hear that you guys think that Lower Decks is on par, maybe oranges to the apples, but the same quality as Best of Both Worlds. Lower Decks is one of those episodes that I just fall back to if I want to watch Star Trek and you know, maybe not the most cerebral, cerebral episode of Star Trek, but um, the, the character interaction, getting to know lower, um, uh, I don't want to say class, but, you know, um, lower ranked officers or, or you know, um, I, guess, I guess they're ensigns, so they are officers. Um, but yeah, Lower Decks really is, is a fantastic episode. And I cared more about Insensito than I ever did about Tasha Yar um, in you know, Lower Decks in just one episode. Here's the dilemma I've got, though. Best of Both Worlds is an awesome Van Halen song. Oh, no, Lower- no, no, not this kind no, of No, 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 don't, 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 don't you do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't, if you do and, that, I swear to God, I'll find a way to disconnect you from this car. <laughs> you know, I'd say that's reason enough to vote for it. Okay, here's the other reason. Lower Decks, it, its air date was on my birthday in 1994. So, birthday or Van Halen? Hmm. Okay, now seriously, I'm going to go with uh, Lower Decks just because it is one of my absolute favorites. So. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so sorry, Mike. Uh, for those of you that don't know, <laughs> he's completely silent. He didn't say a thing. I'm just <laughs> wondering how how a guy that runs a Star Trek website and two guys who worked at the Star Trek experience can be so colossally wrong about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it was a Van Halen song. But for those of you that are listening that don't know. Well, I guess uh, all um, good th- all good things and best of both worlds are both of Mike's favorite episodes of Star Trek. Holy so, God! So they're out in the first round, and I'm, I'm so we pretty much just meant that everything in this bracket is pretty much worthless because I this think the one who won last time is going to win. This is uh, so bizarre. You know, it really is bizarre. If you think about it, best of both worlds is like quintessential. But honestly, yeah. I watch Lower Decks tons more than than. Yeah, best I do too. Worlds. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, I'm not again. I'm not arguing against best of both. You can't really. I mean, I'm not either. It, it's just that's funny because you all just did. <laughs> no, no, I, I thought I was the underdog. I was arguing Cito's death. That, that's all I was no, no. doing. I would say I want to have respect. No, I didn't vote against best of both worlds. I simply voted for lower decks. Oh, same thing. You realize that's, that we've that's pro- a good way to say it. Dude. At that's totally this good. point. Most of the Star Trek fans who were listening to this show have turned it off. <laughs> fuck them, man. I don't care if they're not by. They don't want to listen, then don't listen. It's a free world. But all right, all right, hey, all right. I, it doesn't really matter, right? This idea has become inherently flawed. I, uh, <laughs> I stopped recording after all good things. <laughs> That's okay. I've been recording the whole time because I knew you'd hang up at some point. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to move on. We are out of the the, hor- the uh, surprising TNG bracket and into the original series bracket. Uh, Mike, uh, this is yours. You get to destroy something right here that Jarrett loves. 
Where No Man Has Gone Before from season one, actually the first episode that aired of Star Trek, uh, Gary Mitchell and, uh, well, the first Star Trek, versus Aaron of Mercy, uh, also a season one episode, Kirk and Spock try to protect a planet from Klingons, but the native folk don't want help. It's also the first appearance of Klingons. Mike, this one is yours. Uh, I am I am going to vote for Errand of Mercy. It uh, is one of my favorite original series episodes. I've never been a fan of Where No Man Has Gone Before. Um, maybe it's the turtlenecks. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to stick with Errand of Mercy. Errand of Mercy. Um, I, as well, will vote for Errand of Mercy. There's nothing wrong with Where No Man Goes Before. Uh, I, I'm just not a huge fan of it. Aaron of Mercy has Klingons, and it's actually a fun episode. So I'm going to vote for that one. Michael? I'm going to vote for Where No Man Has Gone Before. Um, I, it's, it's a very important episode. It was, and it's one that obviously has a lot of differences because it was the, essentially the another pilot episode. So they, they didn't have all the things down. And, but it's a, it's a very good story. My problem with Aaron of Mercy, I mean, I love John Calico's core. How can you not love him? I fucking hate the Organians. They are high-minded, arrogant, elitist, beatnik fucks. And I couldn't give a fuck about their peace-loving, arrogant attitudes. Everyone must get along or we'll kill you. Doesn't that, doesn't that strike anyone else as kind of an odd <laughs> a, a, a way to look at things? It's like... Everybody is going to get along or we'll fucking wipe you all out. Well, I don't understand Apparently that you are not an American. <laughs> 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 well, but I just I, – I, at some point I was hoping that at some point Core and Kirk would just kind of look at each other. Let's just – and go, let's wipe out these fucks. And that would have been such a great episode uh, in the episode. But it's, it's mostly because of my hate of the Organians. So I'm going with uh, where no man has gone before. All right. Chris. I'm going to go with Aaron of Mercy. Um, Kor is is a quintessential Klingon. I mean, he's yeah, he's awesome. Uh, John Cullicos from Battlestar. Um, you know, he's he's actually a very uh, diverse actor, uh, and uh, I'm going to definitely go with that. No, where no no uh, one has gone before. You know, if if they would have used that as the second episode instead of um, Naked Now, is that right? Naked Time. Naked Time. I always get those two confused. Um, it would have been a much stronger start for, for TNG. But between the two, I'm going to go with Aaron and Mercy. What? 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 <laughs> what what's all this TNG talk here? We're talking about where no man has gone before. Yep. This episode, the one where Scotty, who's not in a proper engineering role, oh, dude, I radios, down to the, radios down to... Uh, Delta Vega 2 to ask Kirk did Mr. Spock get the, the phaser rifle I sent down and he walks in the background with a fucking phaser rifle and that is the first ever appearance of the phaser rifle that would never be seen again until DS9 holy crap man where no man has gone before this episode this thing this situation I gotta kill my best friend who's becoming a god and can I do it? And the beauty of the ESP stuff and the awesomeness that is uh, Sally Kellerman, who I think is one of the sexiest Star Trek ladies who has yet to be surpassed in a lot of ways, where no man has gone before, is an awesome episode of Star Trek. And Dude, I totally actually show that. Medicine, so. I show that to people when I say, do you not know what's up with Star Trek? I will show them where no man has gone before because that, that mano a mano... 
that dude's a god, and I'm just some dude, and I just gotta get it done, and my shirt got ripped. That's <laughs> that is Star Trek for days, dude. That is so about- sick and retardedly cool. I love where nobody has gone before. Aaron of Mercy. Yeah, Mike. Everything he said about the Organians, that is true, dude. And what about that peace treaty that they? In- Seems like it didn't really lack or kind of go forward. So, so forget your canon argument. I mean, so what? You might as well just throw up Day of the Dove and like everybody laugh together. I mean, whatever. Where No Man's Gone Before is hardcore. It's badass. It's sick, and it's losing. And I hate that. Yes, it did, dude. I'm yeah, but totally you know what, sorry. I I totally confused that with that TNG episode. Oh, oh yeah. God! Chris, Chris. Wait, and so Chris, wait, wait. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Chris, are you changing your vote? Uh, you know... Chris, think about it. Here's your logic. Gary Lockwood played the other guy. He was in 2001, and 2001 is cool. Yeah, <laughs> No, I seriously, guys, I totally got that confused with that other TNG episode. So, yeah, I'm going to have to change my, my vote where no man has gone. No, yeah, where no man has gone before. Yeah. Gary, Lockwood is, Gary Lockwood is awesome, by the way. <laughs> you people are It's like, heartily cool. You people hate Mike so much right now. <laughs> Where no man before has gone before. Moving on, on to our next fight. It is the Cloudminders from season three. Uh, Kirk, uh, Kirk's efforts to obtain a vile, a vital material are complicated by terrorists striking at the beautiful cloud city Stratos and its virulent apartheid policies. Versus Mirror Mirror from season two. Transporter mishap lands the crew in the Mirror Universe. And really, against Mirror Mirror, I don't care what you put up against Mirror Mirror. I love Mirror Mirror. I'm going Mirror Mirror. Michael. Um, I'm going to go with Mirror Mirror as well, but I want to give some love to the Cloudminders. It, not too many people know this episode, but it's a really interesting one. You know, it's the Cloud City, and it's sort of the haves and the have-nots because they've been living up there so long that they're kind of becoming sterile and useless and they need the people that they use on the ground on the planet to actually come up and live with them but they're too arrogant to admit it there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in that episode and i wish more people liked or had seen it i would say that george lucas stole the idea for cloud city from it but i'm sure he never saw this episode because no one's really seen it um (laughs) but but uh spock has a beard in mirror mirror so I, i can't vote against him can't vote against the goatee uh chris you know, the goatee is very strong in that episode. Um, Cloudminders was actually one of my suggestions, but up against uh, the other, I'm going to have to definitely go with the other because Spock is rocking the goatee. And, you know, the whole ter- Terran Empire thing is just, dude, yeah, it's awesome. So that's my vote. All right, Jared. Um, this is the episode of uh, the Cloudminders is the one that ends up with the uh, hot blonde girl, like, going up to Spock and going, is your planet like our planet? And then Spock saying, you mean, does it like spew gas that makes you retarded? <laughs> no, it's very different from that. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Mirror Mirror anyway. A vote I, think you're mirror. Para- I think you're paraphrasing the line. I don't think that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, And Mike? Uh, I, I am going to go with Mirror Mirror also because... I clearly have been in a transporter accident, have been sent to a mirror universe. Uh, I guess I'll just have to go shave. All right. A vote for Mirror, 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 and a clean sweep. On to our next fight. It is the Corbinite, Corbamite maneuver. 
from season one, the greatest bluff ever, and creepy Clint Howard, versus this side of Paradise, also season one, Kirk, Cockblock, Spock, Alien Spores. Uh, Michael, this one is yours. Ah, uh, um, the Alien Spores one I always liked as a kid because I thought it was really kind of goofy. Um, but and there's some really great emotional moments that the characters have as a result of the spores and. Uh, you know, Kirk with the ship doesn't want to leave the ship, and Spock falling in love, which they went to a couple of times. Uh, but Corbomite Maneuver is a fucking classic. I mean, that is just such a great episode, and it ends with a bald Clint Howard and offering orange juice or Tranya to the crew. <laughs> I mean, I- I'm sorry, that's like Spock's beard. Can't beat that. C- Clint Howard cock blocks all battles as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, Corbomite Maneuver. Uh-huh. And Mike, Mike, I just want to say the taste of your bitterness is actually coming through the headset. <laughs> I just, it's sweet. It's just so delicate and sweet. I just love it. All right, Chris. Yeah, you, Ron Howard's brothers got the raddest teeth ever. Have you guys seen those? And he had them when he was a kid. Yeah. No, seriously, that's a that's a that's a one of the like quintessential. I've used that word way too much tonight, but um, episodes of of the original series. Uh, we also get uh, Baylock. Is that uh, always Baylock? Yeah, yeah. I always want to say Blaylock, but it's Baylock. Anyway, you, you get that. I mean, that's in almost every uh, roll of credits on TOS. So, and and Tranya. I mean, there's been songs written about Tranya, man. So, I'm definitely going to go with the Carbamite maneuver. Uh, Corbamite, not Carbonite. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Jared. This side of Paradise is a lot of fun because, like, the spores, like. Spooge and Spock's face, and like he gets all like friendly and happy and all the shit. But but you know what? You take all of that and you put it up against like a real time bluff with Kirk against the ship and Corbomite. It's Corbomite. All right, Mike. Yeah, as much as it pains me to agree with all of you, uh, I got to give it to Clint Howard and go Corbomite maneuver. Uh. Yeah, I'm going Corbomite as well. I wanted to vote the other way, but Corbomite is really kind of awesome. And we're at the last fight of the first round, uh, probably our longest first round ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's City on the Edge of Forever from Season 1, uh, where Crazy McCoy jumps into the Guardian Forever, and Kirk and McCoy, uh, McCoy must uh, save him to end the future, versus A Taste of Armageddon, also from Season 1. On a diplomatic mission, the crew, the crew visit a planet that is waging a destructive war fought solely by computer simulation, but the casualties, including the crew of the USS Enterprise, are supposed to be real. And, uh, Chris, this one is yours. You know, I really shouldn't have taken all that cold medicine before this. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't have said so much about Charles Bronson. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with City on the Edge of Forever. I mean, it's, it's yeah. There's so many episodes from the original series that, um, I mean, when you think of the original series, you think of that episode. Even though Harlan Ellison has raised that huge stink about it and it's not you know, his work that, that he originally did, uh, he's been kind of a douche about the whole thing. Um, no, really? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I know, it's shocking. <laughs> yeah, if you guys really want to see him be a douche, watch an a, a episode of Tomorrow with Tom Snyder from, uh, from the late 70s where he just totally rips on Star Trek with DeForest Kelly sitting right there. <laughs> Anyway, wow. City on the Edge of Forever. A vote for City on the Edge. Jared. 
Um, you know what? A taste of Armageddon is awesome because it's like one of the few examples on this list where a uh, where Captain Kirk like talks a computer and it's blowing itself up, which is <laughs> and I you know what? my wish list for the new Star Trek movie is to have an instance like that. Because <laughs> I'm curious if a modern audience could buy it. Um but I'm gonna go with Sea and Edge forever because you know, I mean, you, there's nothing you can do. It's City on the Edge, so it's got to go. All right, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'll also go with City on the Edge of Forever. Um, yeah, if it can make Harlan Ellison mad, it must be good. All right. Uh, I'm going City on the Edge. Michael, is it a clean sweep? Um, well, I don't like City on the Edge of Forever. Um, I think it's not a particular, I mean, it's, it's, it's got a lot of great moments, but, uh, I really think there's some glaring plot holes in it and I just watched it not too long ago and it really doesn't hold together as well as a lot of the other episodes. And I think it's really overrated. And I, I love the concept of a taste of Armageddon, but it's not going to go any further than this. So I, I'll, I'll go ahead and give it to City on the Edge of Forever, but that's the last time you're going to hear me voting for that one. All right. City on the Edge in a clean sweep, and we are at the end of the first round. Sorry it took so long. We'll be back after these short messages. <laughs> It'll be shortened after I cut out everybody's wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, kids. Get your sweater. Let's go. Hot water wash. Okay. Cold water wash. Pretty clean. Oh, they didn't look that good. When can I stop kidding myself? Out of the future comes all-temperature cheer with the all-temperature clean. Must have powerful ingredients. Certainly they're powerful. To give you the best-looking wash your world has seen in hot water, warm, cool, cold, and everything in between. Terrific. Now, now that's white. Cheer gives you a great-looking white in hot water. And in cold water, that's clean. Cheer beats even the leading cold water detergent. Wait till you see my kids tomorrow. I'll be watching. Superior ability breeds superior ambition. Boy, is this stuff clean and at all those temperatures. All temperature. <laughs> and we are back, uh... I would, I would, I'll just do it real quick. Uh, Shuttlepod 1 and Ceasefire moving on from Enterprise. Workforce and Prime Factors moving forward for Voyager. For Deep Space Nine, it's The Visitor in Purgatory Shadow by Inferno's Light. Far Beyond the Star and for the Uniform. For TNG, it's Clues, The Inner Light, Tapestry, The Lower Decks. Uh, and the original series is Where No Man Has Gone Before, Mirror Mirror, Corbomite Maneuver, and City on the Edge of Forever. And we're going right to our first fight. Jared, this one is yours. Shuttlepod 1 versus Ceasefire. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with Shuttlepod 1 because, and I mean, I, I said this before, but truthfully, this was the premise of Enterprise, like, most beautifully presented and handed to us. It was like, this isn't Star Trek as you normally know it. I mean, this is this is scary. This is dangerous. And, I mean, my mild criticisms of the episode are, like, so, like, don't even need a, a forum here. But Shuttlepod 1 is fantastic. And I appreciate Ceasefire for what it did for, yeah, we're getting peace with the Vulcans, the Andorians now, and all that political mumbo-jumbo. 
But when you just like boil it down to like just hardcore Star Trek character interaction, Shuttlepod One is one of the bravest things Star Trek has ever done, and it was sweet All right. and it was funny. So Shuttlepod One gets a vote, Mike. Uh, I'm going to go uh, with Ceasefire because that political mumbo-jumbo uh, that uh, Jared referred to is actually one of my favorite things about Star Trek, and uh, this had a lot of that mumbo-jumbo. Ceasefire. I'll vote for Ceasefire. I also will vote for Ceasefire because I like Andorians. Uh, Michael. Uh, I guess this is tough. Again, two different types of Star Trek episodes, small-scale intimate characters, dramas, and then the larger political sort of you know, overwhelming you know, galaxy fight kind of episode. I mean, I, 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 it's hard for me to pick because I liked them both. But uh, in the end, the one I remember the most is Shuttlepod 1. So I'm going to go with Shuttlepod 1. A vote for Shuttlepod 1. Chris, all tied up, coming to you. Um, between the two, I still am going to stick with Shuttlepod 1. Um, yeah, it's, it's all for all the reasons that Jared gave not to have a cop out. But honestly, that's, that's, I, I feel exactly the same. Not again that I don't love Shran. And he does rock it in that episode of uh, yes, he does. Ceasefire. But yeah, Shuttlepod 1 for sure. All right, Shuttlepod 1 moving on. Next fight, Voyager stuff. Mike, this one is yours. It is Workforce versus Prime Factors. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't remember Workforce at all. Uh, so I looked it up on uh, Memory Alpha and found out that Donnie Most was in it. So that's reason enough for me to vote for it. <laughs> a, a vote Dude, for high fives. Uh I'm voting for Prime Factors because I really do like the being on the other side of the coin of the Prime Directive. Uh, Michael. Yeah, I got to go with Prime Factors as well, and also because Workforce beat. Dr- 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 uh, I can't even say it. Jatrell, which is my favorite episode of the show, pretty much. So fuck Workforce and go for Prime Factors. All right, Chris. Uh, I'm going to go with Workforce. It's, again, one of the episodes of Voyager that I can just throw on and thoroughly enjoy. So, All right. It's all tied up. It's coming down to you, Jared. I'm going to go with Workforce because I love Prime Factors as a Star Trek episode, but I love Workforce more as a character episode, so Workforce. Yeah, but they're Voyager characters. But Workforce. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cynicism in a Star Trek conversation. Oh, my God. Workforce is moving on. At least no one's bashed Rick Berman yet. No. Right. No. In two two episodes so far, it has not happened. On to our next fight. It is The Visitor versus Impurgatory Shadow by Inferno's Light. And um, I'm still going to go with The Visitor. As much as I like Impurgatory Shadow, I'm still going with The Visitor. I do like The Visitor a lot. Uh, Michael. Oh, this this is uh, this is tough. This is really really tough because again, it's that. Uh, I mean, just mm, that powerhouse performance from Tony Todd. But I, I, Purgatory Shadow, there's just too much that goes on in there. There's just way too much, and it's such a quintessential episode of that show. Without that two-parter, I mean. That's how you do a two-parter. And with all the character elements that they had to squeeze into that, it's masterful. It's absolutely masterful. And as great as a visitor is, Purgatory Shadow. A vote for Purgatory. Chris? The Visitor. Uh, Like I said before, it is my favorite episode of just about anything on TV. Uh, And Tony Todd is awesome in it. Um, And, you know, Avery Brooks really does an amazing job, too. You get to see Nog later on as a captain, a Ferengi captain in the Federation. 
Um, not that that's really a selling point, but it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of cool in its, in its own way. Um, yeah, he comes to visit Jake later on and he's a captain. Um, but yeah, definitely the visitor. A vote for the visitor. Jared. I would agree with all of what Mike said. If you're talking about like improbable cause, but in Purgatory Shadow, you know, I mean, it's awesome to watch, especially if you're like hyper addicted to DS9, which it is. And it's a great. Uh, moment for you and a reward for you watching that but the visitor stupid Star Trek made me cry <laughs> goes forward the visitor visitor and Mike this uh, you know when I said uh, which one was it that was the toughest thing on the list well now this one's become the toughest one on this list Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and again it always seems to come down to the big story arc episode versus the deeply personal episode. Um, and uh, there's a moment in The Visitor when both the audience and Cisco realize what Jake has done. And that, that kind of, oh no, oh no moment. Yeah, is, uh That's something you don't see in in television that much um i i really want to vote for in purgatory shadow because i think maybe because everybody on this the show loves star trek so much and it's so personal for them they're voting for the personal episodes and i think the big on episodes are kind of uh being harmed a little bit by it but i guess here i have to be guilty of it too and go with the visitor all right the visitor moving on on to our next fight it is Far Beyond the Stars versus For the Uniform. Michael, this one is yours. Uh, I, already went, I already said I wasn't a huge fan of Far Beyond the Stars, um, but I'm really not a fan of For the Uniform either, uh, mostly because I didn't really consider the whole editing storyline that rewarding. But I'll give it to For Far Beyond the Stars because it was at least an attempt to do something very different. And again, that episode only could have worked with that crew. Uh, you couldn't have had that particular episode on another Star Trek episode or a series. It wouldn't have worked as well. Um, so, yeah, and there's some really good acting in it, and I'll give it that. And, uh, yeah, Far Beyond the Stars. Far Beyond the Stars. Chris? Yeah, Far Beyond the Stars for sure. That's actually, believe it or not, that's Jeffrey Combs' favorite episode of uh, of Star Trek, Far Beyond the Stars. Even though he was barely in it uh, with Mark Alamo, um, he actually remembers... Um, remembers being on the set and forming a friendship with Steve and Ira Bear. Um, and that's where they became good friends. And that led him to being in the 3300. Not that you guys cared about any of this, um, <laughs> but, uh, but now, far beyond awesome. the stars. yeah, far beyond the stars for sure. A vote for far beyond the stars, Jared. Um, I love far beyond the stars. I think it's awesome. And I love what everything happened there, but, Man, I'm going to go with For the Uniform because this because Starfleet Hardcore Cisco did not go through. I'll just go with Cisco proper and go with For the Uniform. For the Uniform. Uh, Mike? You know, this, uh, this is kind of a, an interesting battle between two, uh, two different parts of Cisco. And For the Uniform is definitely the, the badass Cisco. But... Far Beyond the Stars is the, really the only good representation we have of kind of 
an aspect of Cisco that I think is often overlooked, and that's he really is a messiah. He really is this kind of spiritual creature. I mean, this is this is this is a vision for him, and that was one of the things that I liked a lot about Deep Space Nine is it was really the first Star Trek to kind of dance around with the the notion of of religion and spirituality, and uh, and I think this was a good expression of that. All right, a vote for Far Beyond the Stars. And because Far Beyond the Stars is going to move on, I'm going to throw another vote at for the uniform. For If I'm not mistaken, it's the first time they had the uh, holographic emitter uh, communication system, and uh, Eddington was on the bridge talking to them a couple times. I and the last that. time. <laughs> I, I think it popped up again. But okay, it does. It does a couple times again. It does, but you know, it, you're right. It 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 wasn't very popular. Uh, but far beyond the stars. Moving on, on to our next fight, Chris. This one is yours. It is Clues versus the Inner Light. Um, geez, yeah. I'm not like I said. Not that Clues isn't a great episode. It's just not one of necessarily one of my favorites. Um, so I'm definitely going to go with the Inner Light. Um, it seems like I gravitate more towards the much more personally emotional episodes of Star Trek. Um, so, yeah, definitely the inner light. The inner light. Uh, Jared? Yeah, I got to go with the inner light, too, because I'm a Star Trek sap. And, I mean, I love me some clues. But in the end, you do have Deanna Troy, like, speaking in that really weird voice in clues. <laughs> so, the inner light. A vote for the inner light. Mike? Uh, well, clues beat all good things, and I'm still bitter. So, <laughs> inner light. Inner light. Uh, I, too, will vote. Well, I don't like the Reskin flute. Fuck the flute. I'm voting for, cue, uh, for clues. Michael? Uh, you know, I do find it interesting that so many of the more personal Star Trek episodes are the ones that seem to stick with us. Not the, the best of both worlds and all good things. It's just... It's interesting. I do find it interesting that seems to be kind of the general consensus here. Because that's certainly the way I go. And I love Clues, but um, I already said Inner Light's probably my favorite episode of all Star Trek. So, uh, yeah, uh, Inner Light, although I'm... Yeah, no, Inner Light, absolutely. You'll vote for Inner Light. Inner Light, moving on. Next fight. Jared, this one is yours. It is Tapestry versus the Lower Decks. Oh, crap. This is huge because... uh... Because uh, the Picard story is so good, and it's a Q episode, and it's the only Q episode I will fight for on this list. And uh, Lower Decks has got the second best death in Star Trek. I'm going to go ahead and go with Tapestry, because Tapestry was personal and affecting, and I think it would be really fun to see it fight the inner light. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Mike? Well, you know, I actually... I am going to vote for Tapestry, but this is not because of the bitterness over Lower Decks. I would have voted for Tapestry over uh, a lot of other things on this list. Uh, it is a great Q episode, and, and throughout throughout Star Trek, I was never a big fan of Q. Um, but here he plays a very, very different role. And I think it's a role that uh, that really worked better than just the the kind of trickster that he had been. I mean, this was Q teaching a lesson, and uh, and you get to see Picard in a blue uniform. All right. Go for Tapestry. And it's not one of the best Q episodes. It is the best Q episode. I, no, that would be all good things. No. 
No. <laughs> yeah, where, where he does the whole episode? Oh, I love Tapestry. Tapestry. Uh, Michael? Um, it's unfortunately too late, but I, I, I want to say that Tapestry is great. Nothing to say bad about that episode. Lower Decks was a miracle that that episode even happened. That they could actually, at that point in any series, say, we want to do a whole episode about none of the main characters, really, about the bunch of people on the lower decks that you never see, that we're never going to see again, and have it be as immensely effect. I could have followed those people into a whole other series. And that was what was the... I remember just how impressed I was after that episode. That was what Star Trek was really about, the ability to take any character on that ship and make it work and have it be as essential Star Trek as any episode with Kirk or Spock or Picard or anybody else. And as great as Tapestry is, Lower Decks for me was the much more impressive achievement. And I I think it is classic Star Trek and it is uh, one that deserves much more respect than maybe it's gotten even in this this show. I think it's it's a classic. It's it redefined for me my expectations of what Next Generation was capable of. So Lower Decks. A vote for Lower Decks and Chris. So what's the, the count now? I'm not telling you. you. All right, hold fine. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to change my vote to Lower Decks. That was awesome. You're changing your vote to Lower Decks. Well, then yes, I will I tell you, it is tied up right now. Oh, wow. See, why does it always end up with me breaking? <laughs> I don't get it. Okay, so between the two, Tapestry, Lower Decks, you know, geez. It would have been really interesting to see how Tapestry fared against Best of Both Worlds. And you say that, that uh, Lower Decks didn't get respect, dude. It beat Best of Both Worlds. Um, so that's, <laughs> this is that's true. This huge. is very That is very, that is that's very huge. true. huge. Okay, so, okay, let me think about this. Tapestry or Lower Decks. You know, um, there are two episodes that are fallbacks for me. Um, but I probably watch, just on like a personal level, I probably watch Lower Decks more. Although Tapestry does have Nausicans. Yes, um, you know, Matters you know. Yeah, and, and better Nausicans than you see throughout any of the other series, especially Enterprise. I don't know. Um, they have those jean jackets in Enterprise. Those <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but he says, Starfleet, you have no Gromba. That's just, oh, okay. Dude, I really True can't that. make a decision on this. This is very, very difficult for me. You've got to go. R2 R2 the, is there R2 in the house? No, R2. <laughs> no, no, R2. Fuck R2. No, R2. So we can't, like, go to data on this one? Nope. No, no, more no data. No, sorry, oh, man. Jeez, dude. You this is so I don't, difficult. I don't envy the position that you're, that you're in, man. It is uh, tough. Good. All right. Okay. I'm just going to go with. Oh, geez. See, that's not, that doesn't even work. I was going to say, I'm just going to go with what I like, dude, and they're both right up there. If you think about it, though, if, if Lower Decks moves on, it either just gets bumped out or we have an episode moving on closer to the finals of Next Generation where the cast really isn't even in it. <laughs> it doesn't say a whole lot about Next Generation. The best episode is the one that has none of the people in it. I think that would be awesome. I think that would be awesome. And I'm not saying I'm not necessarily going to vote for the one you think in the next round if Lower Decks goes on. So you know, it's it's amazing that it was in the seventh season with turds like you know masks, and yeah. then you have oh, Lower God, Decks. Yeah. Which oh, God, there were turds, dude. <clears throat> okay, dude, I'm going with Lower Decks. Wow. All That's right. it. Lower decks it is. Hardcore. This is the most hardcore panel I've ever been a part of. I love it. <laughs> Dude, it's sick. It's retarded. 
Lower Decks is moving on into, and uh, we're now into the original series bracket. It's where No Man Has Gone Before versus Mirror Mirror. Mike, this one is yours. Uh, yeah, I gotta stick with Mirror Mirror. Um, you know, there there aren't a lot of Star Trek episodes that kind of that get so embedded into the pop culture as Mirror Mirror. I mean, basically now anybody with a goatee is an evil twin, and uh, that that kind of impact is something you don't see really anywhere else on this list. So I got to give it to Mirror Mirror. Uh, I will second your vote and give me uh, give Mirror Mirror another vote, uh, Michael. Remember Futurama when uh, Evil Twin Flexo showed up? How is he defined as the Evil Twin? <laughs> a goatee. <laughs> a metal go fucking tee. Because in the end, Spock plus goatee equals win. So Mirror Mirror. Another vote for Mirror Mirror, Chris. You know, maybe I can pontificate on how where no man has gone before was a great TNG episode again. Um, <laughs> no, dude. Oh gosh, yeah, mirror, mirror. The goatee does uh, definitely push it over the top. Now, don't get me wrong. Where no man has gone before is an amazing episode. Um, you have different the the different uniforms in that episode. Sally Kellerman, Gary Lockwood with his rad silver eyes. Um, but mirror, mirror. A vote yeah. for mirror, mirror. Uh, I know it's not going to be a clean sweep for you, Jared. Jared? It is not going to be a clean sweep for me, but I will just say that, hey, y'all, nowhere no man has gone before, no Star Trek, because that's what sold NBC on the premise. <laughs> <laughs> after after they made the cage and brought it to NBC, they were all scratching their heads going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> no. This, you know, and then like, they went back to the drawing board and said, okay, here's a dude with a phaser rifle getting his shirt ripped and fighting fools. And uh, that's a god, and whatever. Um, I love Wonder Man's God Before. I will never vote against it, and I do love Mirror Mirror. So I actually don't mind losing to this, but I love Wonder Man's God Before for days, and it will always be what I show first to somebody. All right. Uh, Mirror Mirror moving on. On to the last fight of this round. It is Corbomite Maneuver versus City on the Edge of Forever. I'm going Corbomite. Michael. Uh, yeah, Corbomite all the way. It's Clint Howard versus Joan Collins. Joan Collins was hot, but she did Dynasty. Fuck her. Clint Howard, Corbomite maneuver. All right, Chris. Now, was uh, Ron Howard's brother ever in, an, in a movie with uh, Charles Bronson? Does anybody know that? No, okay. he was not. Sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> but he was so, on So Enterprise. much for that theory. All right. Um, between the two, Corbomite. All right, Jared. I can't believe how quickly City on the Age of Forever is getting dismissed. I know it's going to go to Michael, and he's going to be like, shut up, it's Corbomite. <laughs> this is insane. Um, man, you know, as much as, like, the balance of terror argument, I'm sure I'm sure they talked about the submarine battles and all that stuff in the previous episode or whatever, the, the fuck, but that moment in Corbomite where he busts out that bluff, it's retarded. I mean, it's sick, it's great. I love Seen Edge Forever because of the first time that Hell was set on television. And uh, I read Harlan Ellison's book, and I know what it could have been, and it was actually cooler. So I'm going to go with Corbomite. Corbomite. And Mike. You know, I was going to go with City on the Edge of Forever until Michael broke out the uh, Joan Collins versus Clint Howard argument. Uh, And uh, I have not read... 
Ellison's book, but I have read uh, some of the stuff that he wanted to do, and uh, yeah, I don't think it was better, but uh, I'm still going to vote for Corbomite. So just imagine a bald Joan Collins, a little tiny bald jo- Joan Collins with jack teeth, man. <laughs> uh, I would vote for that. That would be would. <laughs> Yeah, if they had done that, we might have had a different result here. But they did. Keeler must die. You know, maybe they <laughs> could have done that on the remastered. They well, could have. That they could have, awesome. but they chose not to. On to our next fight. Michael, this one is yours. It's Enterprise versus Voyager. It is Shuttlepod 1 versus Workforce. Uh, is it wrong to say I really don't care? No. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I mean, no, I mean, I don't mean to be rude or anything, but I mean, Enterprise and Voyager were both interesting shows and they're all right. But, um, you know, having gone just through the last few <laughs> discussions, and I realized how much I care more about all of the other incarnations of Star Trek. Um, and Shuttlepod 1 is a great episode, so is Workforce. Uh, so of the two, I'm going to go with Shuttlepod 1. A vote for Shuttlepod 1. Chris? Believe it or not, I'm going to go with Workforce. I definitely watch it more um, than Shuttlepod 1. Not that I don't love Shuttlepod 1, um, but I do kind of like seeing uh, a crew out of water, fish out of water story. You know what I mean? You see the, the Voyager crew in completely different circumstances um, as completely different characters. Even though some of their 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 main character traits bleed through, um, it's yeah, it means more to me. So workforce. All right, a vote for workforce, Jared. There's a lot of uh, hate out there in the Star Trek fan community for uh, really hardcore, awesome episodes that settle for some kind of reboot. Um, something that rhymes with year in hell, like comes to mind. But <laughs> but this. This episode of Voyager called Workforce um, did it differently. I mean, we got to meet all these characters doing other things as if they were on another timeline, but they were rocking their personalities with their memories just altered enough where they were the same people. And Janeway actually admitted to Chakotay that she wouldn't want to have responsibility like running a starship but she called it a factory. And that, for me, put Janeway's whole thing in perspective, where she's just been forced in this fucked-up role the whole time. And that was the one instance where we got to see the pain of it and the stress it gave her. I got to go with Workforce. I love Shuttlepod 1, but Workforce is my vote. A vote for Workforce. Mike? So basically, we get to decide here what gets to go on and get beaten by deep space nine yeah <laughs> um, yeah exactly yeah and, and since i don't care i will vote for shuttle pod one and make it your decision uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. it's actually a very e- easy decision because you know i never thought of workforce that way until jared broke it down like that because i usually when i watch Inter- uh, voyager and i've seen every episode of voyager at least three times which is a saying a lot but I usually just watch it with something else going on. Like, I'm not usually paying much attention to, uh, to Voyager. Uh, Enterprise I watched and I loved. Voyager, I, I, I never really loved the show. I never really got into it, even though I've seen it all. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Voyager some love and put it into the Final Four with Workforce. Workforce is in the Final Four. On to our next and possibly hardest fight. Uh, <laughs> 
The Visitor versus Far Beyond the Stars. Chris, go right ahead with that one. Definitely The Visitor. Again, best episode of anything ever. All right, a vote for The Visitor. Jared. The Visitor is obviously one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever made, so The Visitor. Vote for Visitor. Mike. Um, Visitor moved me a lot more, but I am going to vote for Far Beyond the Stars because it gives a much it gives more time to the rest of the crew um visitor is such a a uh, cisco focused episode um i just want to see a little love given to uh, everybody else all right vote for far beyond the stars and it is a, citra- a cisco centric episode a jake cisco episode and uh there are a few jake cisco episodes that are are quite awesome uh, the one where he's with uh, the Doctor, it's season five, with the Doctor on the, the weird planet, and he's helping people. The, there's a thin line between hero and coward. I love that shit, uh, and I love Jake Sisko. Uh, Dude, first- don't say the muse. Please don't say the muse. I'm not going to say the muse. <laughs> That's a shitty episode. I here. <laughs> but I love The Visitor. I'm voting for The Visitor. Michael? Yeah, actually, this is the last time I'm going to be able to say this. This was relatively easy. Um, the Visitor. And the visitor is in the final four. Oh no, it's not the last time because visitor is going up against workforce. Oh come <laughs> oh, on! Oh yeah, well that's I, I meant in this round. I okay, in this round. in this round. All right, Mike, this fight is yours. It is the inner light versus lower decks. Um, I'm gonna give it to lower decks. What the hell? <laughs> A vote for lower <laughs> decks. Um. Uh, I kind of want to vote for Inner Light, but you know what? I'm going to vote for Inner Light because even though you don't, he doesn't mention it, even though Picard never talks about it, he has a whole life, a whole family that he loses when he wakes up from that dream. He still remembers all of it. He still loves his son. He still loves his grandchildren. All that stuff is still there, and he can never go talk to them, never see them again, because they died a thousand years beforehand. So I got to go with the inner light. Michael? Boy, you want to talk about tough. Um, inner light, my, my favorite episode. That final image of Picard playing a flute that 15 minutes ago he didn't know how to play, but because of an entire lifetime he managed to, li- to, you know, to live, just playing it instinctively uh, is one of the most touching images of any series I've ever seen. However, Lower Decks, the more I think about it and the more I, I continue, is if you told me that you could do an episode like Inner Light about Picard at that point in the show, I would have believed you could make something like that work. I would have been like, you got to get some damn talented people and it'll be a miracle that you don't fuck it up in any way. But I could believe that could happen. If you had told me an episode like Lower Decks would work, I don't know if I would have bought it. I would have been like, I don't think so, dude. I'd think that would be kind of boring. Lower Decks for me is what Star Trek is. And it's the best example of that. And I'm going to, I can't vote against Inner Light, but I'm going to. I'm voting for Lower Decks. A vote for Lower Decks, Chris. Jeez, yeah, this is a tough one. Um, you know, uh, Lower Decks is definitely excellent Star Trek, but to me, the inner light is much more of a true science fiction story. Um, geez, man. 
they're both emotionally uh, draining. Not as not not as as much as some of the DS9 stuff. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm going to go with the Inner Light. I I just can't I can't vote against it. Even though I absolutely adore Lower Decks, the Inner Light is what TNG is about to me. So. All right, it's all tied up and coming to you, Jared. What moves into the final four? I've got to. I, you know what? I've got to say that uh, the Lower Decks is a, is a is a great episode of Star Trek. It totally is. It was the training video at Star Trek: The Experience. You get like people like in the groove, like yeah, no, you're 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 a main character, and and you should like treat your role as such and whatever. And uh, I don't think that's painted it for me because it's always been about Cedo for me and that episode. And that moment where Worf joins her, uh, or joins the, gosh, gosh, who is it at the end? I think it's Guinan. No, no, wait, it's the other guy. That other guy, that drip guy, joins him to, like, talk about Cedo, and, like, he feels all awkward and strange. I love that. Um, but I gotta go with the inner light, for the reasons Chris said, because it is actually science fiction. It brings us out of the family. It makes it, you know what, dude? We're gonna, like, seek out strange new worlds and there's some fucked up shit that's going to go down and it very well could affect you and uh, so the inner light the inner light into the final four and last fight for the last spot in the final four it's mirror mirror versus the Corbomite maneuver and uh, uh, that bluff is so awesome it's so awesome because it is so Captain Kirk. It, 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 it's what defines him is that fucking bluff that we've got. Cor- we'll use it. We'll destroy everything. Like oh my god. But mirror, mirror. I mean, you've got the pain box. You've got all that other stuff. You've got the goatees. I'm gonna go with Corbomite. I like it just a little bit more, uh, Michael. Yeah, God, I thought the last one was tough. Um... You know, Spock and Beard equals win, but Corbomite, and you brought up a good point I hadn't thought about. That is truly Kirk's personality on display in that episode. That we're, we're really getting to see who he is. Maybe for the first time in the series at that point. That this episode is Kirk, five, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that was really a, a, such a definition of that character at that point. And that episode never makes a wrong step at any point. Not that Mirror Mirror does. Um, but Mirror Mirror is a gimmick. It's a, you know, the reverse thing, but it's a, it's a damn fine one. And it led to a lot of really interesting explorations of that universe. But if I were to be honest, Corbomite Maneuver is a stronger episode. I'm going to go with Corbomite Maneuver. Corbomite. Uh, Chris. Uh, between the two. And you know, if you notice the longer the show goes, the deeper my voice gets. Um, (laughs) anyway, uh, between the two, gosh, man, Ron Howard's brother. (laughs) <laughs> and and you know that's what I know him as is Ron Howard's brother. Clint has I, a lot of pull, man. I think a lot of people think of him as as that. Um, Didn't uh, Clint I mean, retire the MTV Lifetime Achievement Award? Yeah, they ne- they never gave another one after that. Oh, that's see, that's pretty rad. Okay, yeah, okay, car- uh, Corbomite. I always want to say Carbomite, dude. I'm we so- all we all want to say Carbonite maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> and Mike, uh, you know. In a strange way, this Corbinite, Corb, Corbinite maneuver, fuck it, the lamination maneuver. You just say it, the dolomite maneuver. Is, uh, the dolomite is, is quintessential Kirk, but in many ways, Mirror Mirror is quintessential Spock. 
yeah. even in a twisted universe, even where everything, where nothing makes sense, Spock is still logical. Um, and you know, ultimately, I think I like Spock more than Kirk. Uh, certainly, you know, we don't see the Corbinite. God damn it! Lamination maneuver appear. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that really doesn't come up again. Whereas Mirror Mirror kind of becomes its own little, uh, its own little franchise in and of itself. So uh, I'm going to go with Mirror Mirror, even though it did not win. Uh, vote for Mirror Mirror. And our final four is here. We've got Workforce from Voyager, Visitor from Deep Space Nine, The Inner Light from TNG, and Corbomite Maneuver from the original series. And Michael, this fight is yours. It is Workforce versus the Visitor. <laughs> Shit! What a what a fucking lamb. wasn't this just a cruel exercise in teasing enterprise and voyager at this point i mean why did we even go through this i mean really it was i mean because like we were really like oh this episode's better oh no i don't know this is better it's never going to get to the final two (laughs) uh it was done because both Enterprise and Voyager deserve to be on a best of track. And if we put them in the first round up against some of these TNG, Deep Space Nine, and original series episodes, they would have been crushed then and there would be no discussion of the two series that end out track. That's the last I, 10 years of track. Without this one, you know, yeah, but you know what? This almost seems like the Terry Schiavo case where we put it on life support for two hours. <laughs> for no, for no, it's, I almost would have preferred just pulling the plug right away and not kidding ourselves. But at the end of the day, let's, let's just get right to it. Uh, I'm going to vote for the visitor. A vote for the visitor. Chris. Okay, so we were speaking of uh, Carbonite. I'm going to derail for two seconds here. Austin Comic Con uh, happened a couple weeks back. We covered it for our site. Someone actually asked Billy D. Williams uh, his favorite line from Empire Strikes Back, Billy D responded, don't let the smooth taste fool you. <laughs> anyway, definitely the visitor. A vote for the visitor. Uh, Jared. Um, you know what? I'm going to give like one last shout out to, to Workforce just because I know that the visitor's going to go because that's where my vote's going. But you know, the Workforce, <laughs> that, that was actually a very timely trek. And, you know, as an oppressed individual in a lower-class situation, I, I, I related to that episode, and I do love it. But in the end, I want my dad. So, the visitor. <laughs> visitor. Mike? Uh, you know, I am going to vote for Workforce. Just to, just to fuck around and vote for Workforce. Yeah, why not? And uh, just like Jared, I do love my father, and I've always seen a little bit of... Uh, my father in Cisco, a little bit of myself and Jake. Uh, so uh, there's no way I can't vote for the visitor. I love that episode. So visitor, moving on into the final. Uh, Chris, this fight is yours. It is the inner light versus Corbomite maneuver. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty easy for me, actually. Um, not that I don't love the Corbomite maneuver. Um, inner light means a lot more to me. Um, I didn't. I, I don't want to say that I grew up on TNG. Um, I enjoyed the original series movies. That's probably where I started my love with Star Trek, with Star Trek, the motion picture. Um, but the inner light is one of the episodes where you just after the, at the end of the show, you're just like, wow. I mean, really, that's that's pretty much all I could say after seeing it. So the inner light. A vote for the inner light. Jared. Um, I'm going to go with the inner light, too. 
I'm not the... I mean, I realize this in my Star Trek uh, examination uh, and my love for Star Trek. Uh, TNG, actually, for me, is not, like, the strongest series. I mean, I love it, or whatever, but in the end, I mean, the chances they took with Inner Light are, are the things that interest me most. So i got to go with Inner Light, and, I mean, I love, I love Captain Kirk forever, but I think that, like, he's got a whole lot more awesome stuff stacked up against Next Generation. But I'm going to go ahead and give this one to Picard because this is probably the one thing he's got that is actually kind of cool. So, Inner Light. All right, a vote for the Inner Light. Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm also going to go with Inner Light. You know, ultimately, this is um, a fight between a a story of some depth and a story about bravado. And uh, I think Star Trek works best when it's uh, about depth. All right. Um, you know what? Well said, by the way. Well said. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give love. I'm going to give love to Kirk. I mean, Inner Light is... It's, it's, you it's, and half the galaxy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give a little love to Kirk. And, and Clint Howard, who was also in the Ferengi episode of Enterprise. Uh, I believe that's his only other Star Trek appearance. But uh, I'm going to go with Corbomite. Uh Michael. Um, well, I mean, what can be said? And it's, at this point, it's not that I'm voting against Corbomite Maneuver because it doesn't really work that way. Uh, Interlight, just an episode like that just doesn't come along. And it was the first one in, in Next Gen. It was the first episode of Star Trek, period, that actually had the audacity to try something like that. And it could have just as easily not worked. And it also contains probably the finest individual moment of Patrick Stewart's career when he realizes what it's, what's been going on. And when he realizes and he goes, oh, it's me. And you're just heartbroken because he's finally figured it out. And he understands everything that's been happening to him at that point. Uh, it is um, the reason an episode like The Visitor can exist is because Inner Light did its job so amazingly well. So Inner Light... A vote for Inner Light, and we are at the final two, at least for this episode. Uh, it's going to end up going against, and I'm not going to say it yet because these guys don't know what it won on the other show. Um, it was Lonely Among Us, right? No, it was not Lonely Among Us. Are you I sure? Bet it was Minuet, dude. It was Minuet. It was right? Way to Eden. Yeah, Spock's brain. Bro. It was Spock's brain all the way. Anyway. God damn it. Lonely Among Us, I should have been there for you. <laughs> It is the visitor versus inner light. Jared, take this one. Which one do you have? Okay, um, these are both deeply personal and crazily turned in Star Trek episodes. I mean, both of them. But between the two, I mean, Cisco is dealing with the love of his son and his son's love for him. And... I love that way more than some dude that, like, never got these things and, like, now has these things. I'm more into the guy that's got to have those things and work those things. And Cisco spends most of the episode trying to convince Jake to move on and to do his own thing. And when they meet up, he's always disappointed because Jake is still obsessing over saving his father. And in the end, 
he will. But that will also break his heart. And that's an amazing... These are both journeys that happen to one person. Nobody else, nobody else, no another crew member is ever going to know what the hell happened. And I think that Cisco's is a lot more affecting and deeper and cooler. So the visitor. A vote for the visitor. Mike. Um, you know, everything Jared said about the visitor, I think, is true. Uh, I, I do in many ways prefer the idea that this is this is a story this is an internal journey that is Cisco and his son and it you know it's someone who we have met before it's someone who we will continue to see later and we will see how this does really affect Cisco's relationship going forward there are real consequences to people's lives in this episode um But Michael said something just a second ago, which was inner light is what made an episode like The Visitor possible. And I think that's that's an important point. I think that even though in many ways, objectively, The Visitor is a better episode, it's a more satisfying episode, it's a tighter episode, but... um, that it it didn't take the kind of chance that Inner Light takes ultimately. So I'm going to vote for Inner Light. A vote for the Inner Light, and uh, I really, I really, really do like the Visitor. I love the Visitor. The Visitor is a great episode, but the Inner Light, the, the Visitor, only affects Jake and Cisco in that episode. The Inner Light continues to affect Picard all the way through to. The next generation movie, Generations, the first one, when when his family dies, you know, and he talks about, you know, the loss of his other family as just that 15-minute period. It affected his character. From that moment on, Picard was a changed man. And uh, Visitor, you don't have that. When the episode is over, everything is reset and everything is fine, and that's it. Um, I got to go with the inner light. Wow, I didn't think I'd do that. Uh, Michael. Look at the two episodes that we've come down to here. This is very interesting. These are very closely related episodes in a way. Deeply personal stories that affect... Yeah, correct. They really only affect, in the end, one character, but not really. Because they solidify who these characters are and their future actions in the shows. Um Ah, the visitor, I can't say anything bad about it. It was absolutely brilliant and shattering at the end. Absolutely shattering. And I think Deep Space Nine is a better show overall than uh, Next Generation. But Inner Light, in the end, was a milestone. It was a milestone for Star Trek in general. And... uh Remember when that auction came up and they had all the collectibles from all the, the show? The only thing that I gave a shit about, the first thing that came to mind, I didn't even know if it was on the list or not. I wonder if that flute is on the list. That would be one something I'd want to have because that flute for me represented Star Trek. I'm going with Inner Light. Vote for the Inner Light and Chris. Dude, it doesn't really matter now. Um, but I'm uh, yeah, the, the Visitor is, again favorite of all time and it kills me that it's being beat by the inner light not that the inner light isn't great uh, and it was the, the the pathway that the visitor was able to travel down because it was first but 
Dude, yeah, the visitor is <clears throat> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story, much like uh the other one we were talking about earlier. I guess it was the inner light. Yeah. Same deal, told in yeah. sci fi. They're so, very closely related. Yeah. It's it kills me that it's losing. But I'm changing uh, my vote to visitor. You're changing your vote to visitor? Didn't you vote visitor? <laughs> yeah, you oh, voted visitor. Crap, there's no way I can save this, is there? No. <laughs> Yeah, so that's it, visitor. But it's it's over. So. It's over. The inner light Crap. is moving on. It has won the Omega bracket and will face <laughs> off against the pale moonlight. Oh, oh of course fuck, that no. fucking one! Oh. Of course <laughs> wow. that fucking one! God Dude. damn it! God, well, <laughs> that is so- Star Trek fans on the Alpha panel. God damn it! <laughs> God Dude, damn it! This you- is my two favorite episodes of Star Trek ever. <laughs> could you imagine the? Uh, the visitor and the pale moonlight going head to head, though yes, that would I be could. tough. That would be that, sweet. Oh man, in the pale moonlight, kicks ass, fucking rocks. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Or and it's going up against the inner light. Uh, wow, wow! Talk about two completely different episodes. Yes, yeah. But they were two completely different episodes that we just recorded. We just recorded our longest episode ever, and I'd like to thank everybody for listening, if you still are. I'd also like to thank our guests for joining us. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Uh, Michael? Yes, try the new Pollo Asado uh, tacos at uh, Del Taco if you can. They're really good, and the guacamole is excellent. (laughs) Jared? I am the blogger for TrekCast.com. I write Hey Star Trek. And if you uh, get over there, go ahead and give it a read. And uh, Chris? Yeah, I run Subspace Communicates, a Trek culture website. Uh, we also do a podcast called Life After Trek. I've got a new episode out that we just did with Walter Koenig. And I have another one that I need, need to edit when my voice gets better because i got to do an intro and outro. But it's with Natalia Nugalich, which is just awesome. Who's so, one of the hottest girls in Star Trek ever. Yeah. And she was great in the interview, so that's coming soon. All right. Yeah. I would also like to thank Mania.com for having an awesome geek website. For all your DVD needs, check out the DVDgeeks.tv. And, of course, Jared for the pimped-out intros he creates for the show. Uh, Mike? You can find me on the Zod Complex podcast at ZodComplex.com. You can find us at GeekFights.net. You can email us. Uh, at geekfights at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're geekfights, or you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look for geekfights. Damon? Uh, don't forget to rate and review us on both iTunes and the Zoom Network. Woo! Zoom! Zoom is like three or four episodes behind. You can actually get our episodes uh, faster on iTunes or on our website. Oh. But please rate and review us there anyway. And if you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us. All it really takes is a voice. You just need a phone or a headset and Skype to join the Legion of Geeks. Our upcoming battles are uh, Best Holiday, Special or Movie, and uh, isn't it Worst Jump the Shark moment, Mike? Um, I believe so. Any and all ideas are welcome. And until next time, keep fighting the geek fight. Good night. Mr. Worf. Fire.
Star Trek The Next Generation. We're trekking across the universe. John Luke, Picard, Data Wharf, and Troy. Dr. Crusher, Jordy LaForge. Star Trek The Next Generation. We're trying to see who gets there first. John Luke, Picard, Data Wharf, and Troy. Dr. Crusher, Jordy LaForge, right now. There they go in a big tin can. Give me warp five fast as you can. Star Trek the Next Generation and CC 1701.